Hello, I'm Amanda Taylor, and this is My First Name is Agent, a semi-regular report of my journey to watch all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Today's topic, Spider-Man Far From Home. The title right away indicates a decision that the filmmakers made for some odd reason, to take Peter Parker out of New York, again. His Civil War debut was in Germany. Much of his adventures in Homecoming were outside the city. He went to space, and now he's back in Europe on a little getaway with his science-minded buds. Remember how they go to a science school? What are they doing in Europe? This is very unclear, and actually irrelevant. This is the first time I actually saw a Spider-Man movie while I was in New York City, and it felt so right to have him swinging around the skyscrapers at the very end and then exit the theater knowing I could see him at any moment. He belongs in New York. He is an American hero. He is a New York native. But honestly, I don't think the writers know who he is. They've made him awkward, not charming, not terribly intelligent, incapable of saving himself or carrying his own film. The previous Spidey standalone actually starred RDJ and Michael Keaton. You can't really argue those facts. Samuel L. Jackson, who between this and Captain Marvel is getting altogether way too much screen time lately, took over much of this one. But let's go back to the movie's Iron Man problem. The whole premise is that Tony Stark named Peter Parker, who is 15 years old, to be his successor. Fifteen. So, Peter feels a lot of pressure, naturally, and makes some dumb choices because he's just there to run back up on Mysterio. He's not important. He's only even in Europe to give MJ a necklace based on a horrific murder she's into. More on those two in a minute. This decision to continue to make Spider-Man the Iron Man sequelettes no one was asking for is deeply upsetting to me because Peter should be able to take on a movie of his own. A villain on his own make one single decision, right, save people, etc. The MCU has decided not to allow this. So Mysterio, aka Quentin Beck, has always been my favorite Spidey villain. He's theatrical, diabolical, he never dies. He's a lot of fun and a great Peter foil that still matches the lighter tone of the Spider-Man I know and love. I think Jake Gyllenhaal did a commendable job playing him very dark but still performative, and I liked the modern take on illusions. To a point. I mean, magic is always going to trump drones every time. There was not even one second where I believed he wasn't going to turn on Peter, but I did enjoy the moments where they were seemingly bonding and Blake was an affable other dimension hero. But again, why was this all about Tony Stark? Why did he have to be connected to him at all? Why this revenge plot, which has been done already in the MCU with the Mandarin in Iron Man 3? I certainly don't believe that Blake is actually dead, as he never is, and I hope in the future he can find it in his heart to be a murderous psychopath just because, and not because of Tony. The elementals were impressive and extremely sinister, almost more so than the movie allowed us to explore. Beck just destroyed a village, casualties be damned? That's pretty dark. But after revealing they weren't really the elementals and Mysterio wasn't really a hero, the cheapness of Fury and Maria really being scrolls sucked. Nothing mattered in this movie. It was all fakeouts. And I'm going to have a come apart if they don't start using Maria Hill better. She should have become the director ages ago. And technically, in the Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. universe, they have a different director, but that's a conversation for another time. The relationship between Peter and Michelle, aka MJ, was so incredibly lacking I was insulted. 
a huge percentage of my love for Spider-Man is that he dates girls that are kind of out of his league. They see in him what I see in him, that he's a loving, caring, responsible, and deeply good person, even if he's a nerd. But in this iteration, his girl is just as weird, if not weirder. And not only odd, she just kind of sucks. She plays everything cool, bordering on the dreaded cool girl, this decade's manic pixie dream girl stereotype. The black Dahlia? Come on, that's gross. And for a girl who cares about nothing, it felt a little out of left field for her to reveal that she cares so much about Peter, she figured out his secret. This is the part where I sing praises to Mary Jane Watson. MJ, the real MJ, is a people person. She loves attention, she loves friends, she loves the spotlight. She's a performer, but she's not a vapid, cute-but-dumb arm candy for her smart, world-saving boyfriend. Because she's an actress, she understands humans, she knows Peter's heart, and she figures out he's Spider-Man because she knows he has it in him to be a hero. Mary Jane wants everyone to feel loved, comfortable, cared for. She's a great opposite to Peter because while he lacks social skills, they have the same goal, helping people. So what the fuck is this new MJ offering? Random additional commentary. I hope to dress exactly like Aunt May as I age. Long hair, high-waisted pants, and great glasses. Also, I still hate Ned, and that's all I'm gonna say. The end credits scene was a much more interesting premise than the one the movie gave us, and J.K. Simmons is back. I'm not sure I can express to you how much that means to me. Anyway, I think we all know I'm not a big fan of this Spider-Man, and I doubt that will ever change. Sigh. Till next time, on My First Name is Agent.